1: Welcome to the Hero Series and this special program with Dr. Susie Anthony, its creator. She was recently quoted The world is in trouble, and so are we. We're trapped in materialism, unsatisfying but addictive. We're destroying the planet and ourselves and we lack real purpose and passion in our lives and we need a miracle Susie Anthony's award-winning revelatory personal development book a map to God comes with the answer describing an ancient pathway mysterious but powerful that represents a golden thread running through many spiritual traditions it offers a map of the stages of spiritual awakening overcoming our problems and shadow defects along the way, which can lead us to become our enlightened best selves. Susie Anthony's life as a cocaine-binging, jet-setting businesswoman was turned around by an incredible series of near-death experiences that took her beyond the five senses deep into the realm of soul. She now dedicates her life to marrying ancient wisdom with modern Western psychological success principles, providing initiations everyone can use to overcome inner conflicts, cast out fears, and find the miracle of true love and genuine happiness. With the Hero series, Dr. Susie Anthony is now bravely taking this great work one step further. She's identified true modern-day heroes from all walks of life, and is guiding these extraordinary people as to how to weave their own personal hero's journey, story and experiences into Joseph Campbell's prescription of what she terms, conscious mythical living, Dr. Susie Anthony. Welcome back to In Discussion and the Hero series. Susie, how are you today?
2: I'm really good, and I'm chomping at the bit.
1: And I believe that we completed the three stages, Susie, in the first program, and we are now at the fourth stage. And this is the meeting with the mentor. And the hero meets a mentor to gain advice or training for the adventure. And the function of the mentor is to prepare the hero to face the unknown. They may give advice, guidance, or magical equipment. However, the mentor can only go so far with the hero. And eventually the hero must face the unknown alone. Sometimes the mentor is required to give the hero a swift kick in the pants to get the adventure going. Susie, with that description of the fourth level, who has mentored you along the hero way and how did that occur?
2: Well, David, in all honesty, we could do a whole program, I think on mentors in terms of who's guided me and how, but I'll do my best to summarize here. My first mentor was a discarnate being, the Archangel Michael, who mentored me through a complete life review during my near-death experience back in 1992. And subsequently, this superluminal being introduced me to a whole team of discarnate mentors who are still with me today. After the Michael encounter, I worked with a powerful shamanic mentor, Dr. Credo Mutua and up until about the age of 33 I really had lived an altogether ordinary ignorant materialistic life. Very glossy and glamorous but incredibly mundane nevertheless the gift of my addiction to drugs and near-death experience was that synchronicities, again that word, led me to meet Dr. Credo Muchoir. and Credo is a Zanusi, which means he's a kind of king of the shamans and somehow able to rekindle my spiritual realizations and by that I mean breakthroughs and realizations I'd attained in previous lifetimes. This was altogether mind-blowing for me, by the way, at that time. I was very new to the path. But um, after experiencing the bliss of this illumination in the bush in Africa, I was directed then to return to this worldly life, this ordinary life, and eventually to teach the synthesis of all the ancient wisdoms I was learning. Another mentor has to be Einstein, who really, really piqued my curiosity and inspired me to find out how to create higher coherent brain states, where we begin to find out how to realign and balance right and left brain hemispheres, and also to move out of reptilian brain stem and limbic brain functioning into neocortex and then full frontal lobe neocortex functioning. It's a place where miracles of higher creativity originate from. And Einstein said what prompted um, this exploration into brain states, his famous quote, the rational mind is a faithful servant, the intuitive mind is a divine gift, and that we've created a society that worships a servant and has forgotten the gift. So logically, moving on from coherent brain states into, into, and attempting to find out how to balance right and left brain hemispheres energetically, I was then guided to attune to the teachings of Mikao Yusui and the Reiki path. And this is something I still practice two to three times daily for rejuvenation and regeneration. And Reiki really helps you plug back into source instantly if you lose center and a little bit about Reiki because it's my favorite thing it's the science of energy based on the language of symbols and it's related to quite a number of similar types of universal energy sciences that originate from India and Tibet such as the science of mandalas and mantras and symbols David play a really crucial role in the influencing of one's own body for one's own benefit or for the well-being of another who is experiencing negative conditions. So realizing that psychological problems have direct influence upon our physical health, Tibetan masters developed ways to correct negative states of mind and made Sanskrit symbols to remind people of the magical power, divine power ever present in their daily lives, even in the ordinary world. And other uses for symbols include protection, balance, success, power, increased vitality, healing, increasing happiness. And Reiki also aids in meditation and sending positive affirmations and absent healing. It's powerful stuff. It really, really is. And through tapping into the mystical, working the shamanic path, working the Reiki path, all kinds of mystical mentors then began to crop up in, in my life. I was drawn very much to the teachings of Helena Blavatsky and Alice Bailey of the Theosophical Society and also Douglas Baker who brought through teachings on the Seven Rays, the Doctrine of the Seven Rays. And here's a tiny piece, if we've got time, of my favourite Douglas Baker quote. Too many use the occult as a sop for frustration at personality level. But there are some who do not lose themselves in the savannah of personality which surrounds the deep forest of all wisdom. There are some who tread so deeply into the unknown, into the occult, that they no longer look for comfort and indeed could not turn back even if they wished. That's typical of the hero's journey and I know David we talked about being unable to go back, not wanting to go back into the matrix way of living, the do have, consume, distract. And I know you say also that you've reached that stage. In my attempts to put Humpty Dumpty back together again, I would say psychological mentors were key, as was the shamanic tool of psychological recapitulation. And that's kind of like a 12-step program where you work through a self inventory, working not only with the light, but also the dark shadow aspects of our personalities. And it's only by thoroughly, thoroughly reviewing our lives, and especially by examining our antisocial, compulsive, destructive thoughts and behaviors, that we discover how and why we've deviated from the path to wholeness and living the hero way. And resolving these issues is absolutely essential for success on the hero's journey those who avoid clearing these issues which are often incredibly unpleasant leave obstacles that will block their progress and trying to be good and pretending that there is no shadow stuff isn't enough as psychologist Carl Jung said and he's another mentor It's better to be whole than to be good. Resolving and transmuting the shadow gives character, it gives strength, and it gives genuine power to achieve. And this is what the true hero character Darth Vader in the George Lucas Star Wars movie showed us. Deepening my understanding of the importance of psychological inventory, I was very drawn to the work as well of James Redfield, and I began to evolve in quantum leaps, realizing that an unconscious competition for energy underlies all conflicts in our world, in our lives, and by dominating or manipulating others, even through perhaps well-intentioned attempts to save other people we get the extra energy that we think we need. And yes, it feels great to be in control of others, but Redfield pointed out that both parties get damaged in the exchange and in the resulting energy conflict or control drama. So thanks to Redfield's work, I came to understand that the key to overcoming conflict in the world is the mystical experience, the stuff of the hero way. And that this mystical experience really is truly available to everyone. To nurture the mystical, we need to become conscious of and learn how to build personal energy. That's where Reiki comes in. This also comes from allowing ourselves to be filled with a sense of love. Not just momentary, but consistently. The trouble is, unconscious childhood traumas block our ability to fully experience love and therefore the mystical So psychological recapitulation combined with Reiki really helped me to remove these blocks to love and from Redfield I also learned how to spot energy vampires people who've lost their direct connection to source or universal life force energy and these people exist on Pre-digested human energy, which they steal using the following emotional control dramas. Intimidators, who steal energy from others by threatening them. Interrogators, who steal energy from others by questioning and judging them. Aloos, who attract attention or steal energy from others by playing remote. And victims, I call them poor me's who make us feel guilty and responsible for their pain and failures. And that's how they steal our energy. I just wonder how many energy vampires you know. At least now, you'll be able to spot them. (laughs) You're ahead of the game now, David.
1: Very quickly before we go into the fifth stage, the crossing the first threshold, it strikes me so profound, Susie, the benefit that you had in being mentored by these wonderful people, do you sometimes look back and wonder to yourself how on earth did they come into my life?
2: I used to spend my whole life wondering how and why. And I even asked my discarnate guides, why me? Why have you picked on me to do this job? I'm just an ordinary person. And basically they said their answer was beautiful. It was, we know you'll get the job done.
1: That takes us into the fifth stage of the hero series, crossing the first threshold. And this, where the hero crosses, leaves the ordinary world and goes into the special world. And the hero agrees to face the consequences of dealing with the challenge posed in the call to adventure. One of my favorite Joseph Campbell quotes, fits this stage of the hero's journey extremely well and your guidance uh, to me in this connection was that if each of us fails to do the inconvenient work of waking up individually then we're doomed both personally and collectively Joseph Campbell's quote and I know that this is a favorite the only myth that is going to be worth talking about in the immediate future is one that is talking about the planet, not this city, not these people, but the planet and everybody on it. And what it will have to deal with will be exactly what all myths have dealt with, the maturation of the individual from dependency through adulthood, through maturity and then to the exit, and then how to relate this society to the world of nature and the cosmos. And until that gets going, you don't have anything. And I'm sure that has to be talking more about the society and the world that we live in today than any time before us. We're moving on to your interview with the environmentalist, Dr. Bruce Piasecki. You talked to the fifth stage of the hero's journey as fitting that shamanic stage known as the departure where we realize that we need to shed the skins of our old lives. Like Siddhartha, who became the Buddha, we decide to leave the palace, renounce the riches and all our attachments to people, places and things. And if we don't take this step consciously and willingly, then we're dragged into it kicking and screaming, rather like Jonah and the whale. And then we're stripped of many of the things that matter to us in the ordinary world, job, status, partner, looks, possessions, health, house, it goes on and on and on, and the alchemists, the shamans of our western world call this stage nigredo, the blackening, burning and breaking down of the old structures until we reach a point where we can't go any longer, or we can't discern any longer what is real or meaningful in our lives.
2: Absolutely. Aren't. I mean, this is typical of breaking down to breakthrough. And psychologist Carl Jung considered the negredo an essential stage for what he called individuation, the process of becoming a whole person. And that's the true goal of reconnecting to the hero. And we struggle with the pain of our loss. When we don't complete the process of the Great Departure, we get stuck in our shadow. These unhealed shadow parts of ourselves begin to dominate our lives. And it takes real guts to go out and find our promised land. And we can only do this by being willing to do the work of personal development and self-transformation day after day after day. It's like peeling an onion skin, David.
1: (laughs) You've just described the techniques, wisdoms, and processes you use to tame your own personal demons or monsters of ego, shadow, and persona. And having done the work on yourself to embrace the hero, you found your promised land in the form of the manor house community that you founded, very close to beautiful Glastonbury. And former papal advisor Dr. Mihor Ledwith, who I know is a very good friend of yours, called that sanctuary at the manor house a little bit of heaven on earth. How have you created this community? Can you describe your understanding of authentic community for us?
2: Yes, it's a tall order. But first of all, what I need to make clear, whilst we're all of us, still in skin, the work of personal transformation is never done and I still see myself as very much a work in progress and I really do work on myself daily. Issues still come up to clear and as I just stated, it really is like peeling back an onion skin. You think you're done, then there's another layer. Why community and about my promised land? I truly believe genuine community is the way to change our world. And I live this to directly link into the hero's goal, to right a wrong, to achieve a dream, or change a life, or change a world even. And before he died, another of my mentors, M. Scott Peck, acclaimed psychiatrist and author, He specialized in community building and he said, in and through community lies the salvation of the world. Well, I'd already began to realize that. Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And Buddhists also talk about polishing your mirror in that your inner world of purity, serenity, peace becomes reflected out into your external world. So if you do your inner work well, this is reflected back externally. And these teachings, all of them, really resonated with me very, very powerfully. And I truly believe that planetary shadow issues today are only our own internal shadow issues reflected back to us for correction. Community, I honestly believe, is the place and is the way to achieve this correction. But it takes... Great courage, believe me, to live in community. It's very hard work. And M. Scott Peck says, and I've found, I found out that it really does have a, a natural order of progression. And again, it seems to be four stages. There's some kind of synchronicity going on there with fours. Anyway, Scott Peck describes these natural stages of progression as pseudo-community and that's pretty much where the ordinary world is today where niceness reigns and it's matrix type living here where the focus is on do, have, consume, distract but whatever you do make sure you deny all feelings that aren't nice agree with everyone else and only focus on group missions so no internal processing Intimacy or transformation is possible, and to me, that's all rather boring. The second stage is chaos, it's the second stage when the emotional skeletons crawl out of the closet to be transformed. Even with powerful psychological and spiritual tools for transformation, coping with chaos is painful and it is tiring. But I have to say, from experience, it's oh so worth it because. Although there's more pain, there's also more joy and you feel you begin to feel more alive. The third stage is emptiness. It's a time of quiet and transition. It's a bit like winter here in Europe where we're covered in two feet of snow and on the surface everything seems very quiet. It doesn't seem as if very much is happening. But underneath, all kinds of new growth And transformation is taking place. Emptiness takes commitment. It takes dedication, persistence, willingness, humility to totally surrender to the rebirthing of the new self, the hero inside. With that birth comes true community, marked by deep honesty and deep caring. And that's what you'll find at the manor house. Real intimacy, where... Our chemical relationship is achieved there's lots of pain it's exhausting and as I've said there's much more joy everyone is becoming truly alive powerful individual but serving the group vision and we're free wasn't it Morpheus in the matrix who said we need to free our minds well That's what true community is all about, freeing our minds. One of the characteristics of true community is that the group's secrets, whatever they are, become known. They come out to where they can be dealt with. This is the painful, tiring stuff, by the way. By other definitions, the community is a group that deals with its own issues, its own shadow, and the shadow can literally contain... Any kind of issue, just like the hero's journey. Our vision at the manor house, by the way, centers around teaching people how to marry the mystical and the mundane to live the magic of an empowered life. That's my tagline. It's about living the hero way, learning all the rules of the special world, and forgetting all the programming of the ordinary world. And believe me, it's never dull. It's about real fast track awakening to genuine herohood. Bearing in mind what's going on in our world today, one of our more practical missions is about self sustainability and teaching people how to live in harmony, not just with their true selves and one another, but also with the land and all its inhabitants. It really is a dream come true, David, for me where I've been willing to face my fears and now I'm living my dreams.
1: This having moved through our whole program notes together is one of the most profound areas because in a world where people are constantly running from their fears, it's obvious that you realize of course that I studied communities. It has to be one of the most heroic decisions to take to be in community. Certainly in the longer term, being a more successful outcome than being insular by running away from life and running away from people and sharing the fears, sharing the blocks, rather than taking them together in community.
2: Well, yeah, I've never been drawn to the guru path particularly, which is about back to devotional path where you remove yourself entirely from the world and become self-realized but up a mountain somewhere or in a cave what use is that i really believe we have to be in the world not of it in it though and to be able to show people through living examples that there is a better way and that's what we're doing
1: that takes us on to the sixth stage tests allies and enemies this is where the hero faces the tests meets the allies confronts the enemies and learns the rules of the special world susie you suggest that having crossed that threshold that the hero faces the tests and encounters the allies importantly confronts the enemies and learns the rules of Campbell's special world and the hero needs to find out who can be trusted and this is where allies are earned, a a sidekick may join up or a whole hero team may be forged and this is when the hero prepares himself for the greater ordeals yet to come. What was your own personal experience at this stage of the journey, Susie?
2: Certainly living in community has tested me powerfully, almost beyond belief, where friends suddenly became enemies, where allies, friends and enemies alike suddenly and for no particular reason rejected, abandoned, betrayed and attacked me. To set the scene, I experienced great gifting and sponsorship in the form of financial assistance from my own particular then award-winning brand of personal development work. And amazingly, can you believe it? When this money had almost run out, various fair-weather opportunist friends and allies also ran out. Funny that. Um, <laughs> it hurt like hell. I'm laughing now and perhaps being glib, but it hurt. I expected that behavior in my f- former personality dog-eat-dog business life in Japan. I didn't expect it on the spiritual level. I just didn't. It was shocking. But even before founding the Manor House community, the tests had already begun for me in earnest. And my tests all centered around my own identified, conscious, key, original wound. Shadow issues of, you've got it, rejection, abandonment, and betrayal – am I beginning to sound like a broken record and also another underlying pattern which was a death wish because I couldn't cope with those things and I think that's what the overdose and addiction was about this was an incredibly challenging time for me around about 2003 when many of my most intimate and closest friends including spiritual teachers famous ones and famous mentors who aren't on the list today people i loved so very very much and believed in and trusted and also i'd given so much to these people of my time money energy love and quite dramatically and incredibly suddenly they turned against me and for no reason I could fathom it was unbelievably shocking incredibly traumatic and devastating and with hindsight now I fully can see that I set myself up to continue to experience this same pattern of rejection abandonment betrayal over and over and over rather like the movie Groundhog Day Due to another shadow wound centered around lack and poverty consciousness, I told myself back in 2003 that imaginary financial constraints prevented me from taking adequate time out from my mission to properly process and heal before I embarked on setting up community at the manor house. For sure I did some work on letting go and forgiveness, but clearly not enough and guess what these identical rejection abandonment betrayal death wish patterns scenarios stalked me and began to haunt me in community at the manor house so once i'd relocated to the manor house and with a holistic day spa that i'd opened as well in in nearby wells burdened with huge financial <laughs> responsibilities and commitments I began to tell myself the same old story that I just had to keep on soldiering on. I didn't really allow myself the time to break down to break through and set myself free by truly feeling the pain, embracing it, forgiving myself and all others for anything linked to rejection, abandonment, betrayal and death wish so I could truly heal and lead effectively. And this was a huge mistake and a massive failure and one that I would ultimately pay very dearly for later along the Hero Way. David, tests like these, if if we allow them, do and I'm saying if we allow them, I didn't, but they help us to discover denials, suppressed emotions from childhood wounding, and we learn how to banish our personal demons once and for all or not and what we resist, I learned, definitely persists, it, it haunts us, it stalks us and alchemists and shamans call this stage the albedo it's the whitening stage in which impurities are ground away and polished and it's definitely extremely painful bringing up all our denied toxic emotions out of out into the open to heal but it doesn't kill us but resisting this process stuffing down the feelings does kill us because ultimately all this toxic negative energy repressed and suppressed emotions thoughts and feelings get buried deep in cellular memory and finally they have to manifest in the physical and they manifest as disease and this is exactly what happened to me it's what's happening to millions of people on the planet today and I became incredibly ill I was unable to walk or talk I could barely breathe and this was all due to an a mystery lung disease idiopathic and I lost nearly everything again And it's taken me four years to get back on my feet and literally to get out of a wheelchair, off oxygen, and through sheer willpower and lots of Reiki and deep inner self-healing work, work that I failed to do in the past. I've overcome now the need for double lung and heart transplant surgery. And yet again, I'm rebuilding Humpty Dumpty. So Tess call us to action, David, and we have to embark on the hero's journey, face the monsters, conquer the demons that lurk deep within our psyche, and we either come back victorious or not at all, as is sometimes the case.
1: Before we go to our final stage today, is it not an irony that most of what we learn in life from the way that you place this out actually comes from enemies and not allies. That's the way that life works out and further to that what you're saying and I truly believe is what you think is what manifests itself. That's something that really does come out in this stage if you're truly on the hero's journey.
2: Yeah I mean you only have to remember in the movie The Matrix where they're betrayed by I think it's Cypher who kills all his friends and his payoff in his conversation with Agent Smith is he wants to enjoy the illusion of eating a juicy steak plugged back into The Matrix and come back as an actor who becomes a president. I mean, that film is so mystical and so profound. It's all in there. It really is. And yes, enemies and pain and suffering, loss, this is all failures as well. This is all really powerfully painful stuff. But if we find the courage within to surrender and embrace the pain, that's where our power lies.
1: Quoting you, uh, what I've learned is that if I take the time to go within and listen to the hero inside, I always know which bridges to cross which bridges to burn and that is magical that is something that really does develop at this stage
2: it truly does we become you know because you realize you actually can't trust anybody out there even your own family you can't trust anyone what you can trust though is your own intuition you can trust as well that you have learned to rise above victim consciousness and that you don't take things personally and that other people what they say and do and how they behave has absolutely nothing to do with you it's none of your business you can't control that but what you can control is how you respond
1: and that takes us to the final level today Susie the seventh stage in the hero's journey the approach and this is where the hero has hit setbacks during the test that we talked about and may need to try a new idea and our newly found herohood and determination is tested here to allow for character building development and find out how we react under stress. How through the ego lens of perception we all love to drop into victim consciousness about setbacks and, uh, and moan, complain and whine, you know, poor me. But certainly on the hero's journey, Susie, there's another way, isn't there? You just said it, that we can learn now how to apply a different lens of perception that tests setbacks and losses that are always opportunities, always disguised as loss. And you talked to some of the tests and setbacks that you yourself experienced around rejection, abandonment, betrayal, and explained why you think you attracted these setbacks. Are there any other parts of those points that now come back to you or resonate with you?
2: All the setbacks in my life, David, little and large, have only been the result of my over-identifying with my own ego and forgetting to listen and be led by the hero inside. And usually, setbacks occur in our lives when we're overdoing things, being too obsessed with an outcome or attached to expectations and too fast. And setbacks also occur, I found, to give us opportunities for deeper healing, really, through uncovering, yet again, more shadow skeletons from our closets, and allowing ourselves to truly let go and just let it be. You know, in, in the Anonymous Fellowships, they say, let go, let God, and I say, let go, let God, and let it be. And setbacks have always tested me on patience, something all Leos need to cultivate. <laughs> and I think the very best thing, haha, I know you're a Leo as well, but I think the very best thing I've learned from setbacks Well, always to see the delay as timely and then use that extra time to check my discrimination, my discernment. And setbacks give us the opportunity to really look at a project, whatever it is we're working on or the people we're involved with, the relationship, and ourselves to see if everything really is in divine order. If it's really appropriate, sensible, and of course for the greatest good. And above all, David, setbacks test us on hero qualities like endurance, determination and persistence. And I've learned the only difference between those who are successful and those who are not is persistence.
1: And looking back, are there any particular times when you can really see now the persistence one through the event or one through the day? over any other type of emotional notion that you could have used?
2: Well, to be honest, every single test, trial, ordeal, facing my fears to live my dreams, the only way I've been able to do that is to keep dusting myself off, picking myself up, and persisting. I suppose the way I've learned to master the art of persistence is to stay fully focused in the present. And all the great teachers, masters and avatars will tell you, don't give your power away to past and regrets about the past or stop projecting fears into the future. And when you take all your power back from future fear projections, you've got all that power in the now. And in fact, in AACANA, the Anonymous Fellowships, they say keep your recovery in the day and so that has somehow given me hope faith I suppose to just know that well if I can just persist for this day I can manage that if I thought I had to persist for another 53 years to complete my journey in skin in this life that would seem somehow insurmountable but to persist and keep it in the day is doable and that's inspired me
1: interestingly where has the hero reached now we are about to go into the eighth stage in our third program the ordeal how is the hero feeling about himself or herself now having traveled through the seven stages how have they changed in themselves
2: they're beginning to relinquish all the programming the false beliefs about themselves you know we build up a a personality based on what people have told us they think we are oh you're a clever person you're good with words you're a very strong athlete blah 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 and then we begin to build a sort of composite of what people have told us that becomes our personality so we're beginning to dismantle that we've definitely dismantled persona and that's our the mask that we wear it's our sickly gooey sweet Sunday best that we put on in order to get what we want so we've definitely dismantled the lie of persona and we've also been courageous enough to open the closet door and find all our own personal demons and archetypal shadow issues that we need to first of all own and then transform and the hero has now even without the help of the mentor been able to get a handle on all of this and so he's probably pretty much ready for the biggest life or death crisis the ordeal where all his ideals dreams or goals Are perhaps in moral jeopardy and the reward is you do feel truly alive
1: and with all that thank you so much for joining me today it's been such a pleasure to continue this journey with you
2: thanks David and I thoroughly enjoyed it and again I've no idea where this hour went just (laughs) vanished
1: and to our listeners today I do hope that you have enjoyed this hero's journey You can find information on this and any other program in the series at davidgibbons.org and also the official Heroes website, theheroeseries.com. Meanwhile, wherever you are in this world, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening.
0: In Discussion with David Gibbons is sponsored in part by Bowman Global Change. Specializing in helping companies reduce their carbon emissions, Bowman Global Change applies real science to real business practices to produce results. From designing green programs to one-on-one training to helping set up green action teams in your business, Bowman Global Change translates complex science in practical ways that everyone can understand and use. For more information or to discover how Bowman Global Change can help your organization, visit bowmanglobalchange.com.